0: Welcome to Elements of Community, a podcast about discovering and exploring the elements of community. I am Lucas Root, and each week we talk with a community leader about what makes their community thrive and bring value to both the leaders and the members. Join me as we unpack the magic of the elements of community. Roran, thank you so much for joining. For those of you who don't know, Roran has been becoming one of my very good friends over the last six months or so because we met inside the community put together by Marusha Murphy, who was on the show about six months ago. And the community is called The Revolutionaries. Roran thank you for getting to know me and for hanging out with me and for, you know, banging big ideas back and forth over the last several months. And also, thanks for introducing me to Guanchi. Yeah. For agreeing to come on.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes, it is lots of fun. We're expecting like a typical one hour get to know each other conversation that ended up in like, a, what is it, a one and a half hour like deep dive of the human evolution and I was like there's finally another human that gets my brain and when we first met Marisha was like Roran you need to talk to Lucas like your nerdiness of extreme human evolution he is on the same brainwave as you and I was like yes and then it continued so it was, it was disappoint. wonderful <laughs> yeah it's really fun because it's like I was talking one of the things that I talked about is like I can see as someone that is really deeply in the trends world especially people don't realize this with so my background is social media and digital marketing and people are like oh that's fun it's, you're just creative and i was like no social media is a direct reflection of human society and when i look at trends and analytics i'm looking at the trends and analytics of human evolution which as a history nerd is like my jam I'm like being paid to do it in real time and so it's really fun in that space and then being able to have someone like Lucas to be able to nerd out about is fantastic so Lucas was like I want to have our nerdiness on a podcast just so that other people that are equally interested in the human evolution nerdiness can partake so I was like all right I'm here let's go that's right
0: I didn't realize it, but I built this podcast a year and a half ago just for this conversation.
1: Oh, that's so cute. I love it. I like it's like everything happens and unfolds at the perfect time and perfect place as the
0: saying goes. As the saying goes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: I'm sure that is a meditation quote somewhere in the many things of combat. So I'm not going to take credit for that quote, but yes.
0: I'm. You know what? It's probably roomy
1: probably probably that human is a very deep old soul of a human that just sees the world yes yes we love it yeah cool
0: so um you were uh i mean you and i know each other fairly well you were saying in the green room that you're in several different communities
1: yes like me so yes (laughs) yes <laughs> we're like the joke is like i'm an insider where i get to go into different groups because like if you think about it lucas when we were growing up it was click based right like think like early 2000s hyper click like you must belong in a click and i remember growing up being like i never belonged in any single click and that's the reality of being human beings is that we're multivariants. So we have multiple different interests and multiple different groups. And my background, for those of you that don't know me, I am Roran, I'm a human-centered marketing and business advisor. And my real day-to-day life is, like I mentioned, being a nerd about this ever-changing human algorithm, but also at the same time, really looking at just how human beings evolve in this space of innovation and business and what I do today is work with clients at that very deep level of creating an environment that allows their human creative geniuses arrive and thrive and create the next innovation for their company and that's what I do on the day to day and that has evolved over the years of being a speaker. To create the next evolution for me, it's funny that you were talking about human evolution and our personal evolutions. My next evolution is creating a community called Humans Behind the Brand
0: Mm. because
1: the philosophy is that in order to do human-centered business and really connect at the human level because people do business with people, not just business, we have to honor the human beings behind the brand. And that includes ourselves as business owners, but also very specifically our team. And so human behind the brand is a community that allows creatives, marketers, content creators, all the people that make the brand come to live have a place to gather, nerd and grow as a human being along the way. So it is going live hopefully by the end of this month as we're filming, so it'll go live as it becomes and I'm excited because being a marketer in this world is a very lonely road because so you you're usually the solo superhero human on your team and and up until this point it's like all the in-person mega conferences where your brain gets crammed with way too much information in three days and sometimes you have passive communities on like Facebook etc there's not really like a community to just grow and be human centered. So this community is designed to be where I get to host a space for that. But yeah, that's uh, the evolution. Yeah.
0: I'm right there with you too. I was growing up like you, we were growing up. We're talking about it now, right? (laughs) I was growing up and one of my friends was sitting in a classroom and the teacher, you know, looked out at the class and said, Hey, um, who can tell me where beef comes from and this is not a joke i grew up in the backwoods of vermont and one of my friends sitting next to me said the supermarket and meant it and here we are in the backwoods of vermont where you would expect them to actually know better and he said the yeah. supermarket and he meant it <laughs> like that's you where beef comes bad. from the supermarket
1: so completely disengaged from the whole entire supply stream and like how everything is interconnected I mean, we're talking. Our intention of the theme today is talk about Guanxi, and I want to give a very like Western modern tactical view of it. Is from the time you wake up till the time you go to sleep, or like within the first hour, you actually interact with at least twenty separate different companies in ways of like from your electricity, your water, the air conditioning, all the things you've interacted with so many different things. And those all are business relationships. Like people don't expect to have a business relationship or a relationship in general with their energy company. But I'm in Texas right now with like 100 plus heat weather. I am very aware of Austrian energy and what they put out there and the way that they communicate things like power outages and stuff like that and how they've Mm -hmm. done it and like the nuance of how they handle that conversation builds trust Mm -hmm. at the end and that's the point of it. It's not about points of connection, is how trust is being built for it. So yeah, yes, and that's the measurement of success. Yeah. In business, yeah.
0: Yeah, but what it illustrates is, you know, beef comes from the supermarket or one one of my favorite analogies around this conversation is how do you make a pencil? And the illustration is that what we've done is amazing. What we've done is amazing. We've created an absolutely extraordinary machine that makes it so easy for us to have the things that we want, the picture that's right here on the back of my wall or or the couch. Those are hard things to have. I can't make a couch in a day. Like I don't have the skills for it. I don't have the material for it and yet, In a day's worth of labor wages, I can purchase a couch that cost me a day of work because we built this absolutely extraordinary machine. And one of the unintended side effects of that machine that we've created that gives me the capacity to have anything I want, any time I want, for the most part, even delivered to me, is that it takes all of those relationships and makes them faceless. And so we're more connected than we ever have been before.
1: The more lonely than we've ever been before yeah 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 people are like well we're all connected on social media and i was like "Uh ah social media is just a reminder of connection it is like literally someone saying hi bye across the room from you it's like hello goodbye and that is it there's no new ones there's no conversation none of that stuff there's dms like private one-to-one messaging you might have a side conversation in the common threads but that is equivalent to like You guys are waiting in line for coffee and you have a random five-minute conversation that like that's not deep at all in any single way and so it's the people feel lonelier than ever and it's been put on a big stage like that was highlighted so much because of the pandemic of the loneliness that people occur to and then that brings forth the question of like well is it depth of the relationship or quantity of relationships because social media has again highlighted and basically congratulated the concept of gaining a lot of followers Mm -hmm. aka quantity of relationships but they're all surface level there's literally no brand loyalty at all and if we're talking about if we're switching the expectation that success is not money and material gains that you make in the world, but impact and legacy and trust that
0: you build in the world,
1: then that follower count is useless.
0: Completely. Yeah. It's completely useless. It's funny. I connected with somebody on LinkedIn the other day. And when I connect with people on LinkedIn, the first thing that I try to do is set up a Zoom coffee date. And, you know, I call it various different versions of that. But really, I just want to sit down and get to know you at one level of intimacy closer than the vanity metric of plus one on my LinkedIn follower count
1: absolutely because social media is not about like building connections it's literally a reminder how i explain to clients is like social media is the top of funnel and bottom of funnel it is literally designed for you to remain top of mind you catch their attention when you do expansion style content that goes onto like the for you page etc again entertainment these apps are entertainment apps. So you're mm-hmm. just landing on someone's feed for entertainment value. And then they like you and they follow you, but you have to turn them into a fan of your show. Yep. And th- social media is designed to continue warming that. But, like,
0: that's it.
1: What is the in between? Like, if we're looking at the hourglass, right? If they're going and funnel in, going funnel out, it's not just land and be my follower on social media. It's like there's an engagement point at the middle of the hourglass experience Mm -hmm. right and so for shows it's like go actually watch the show go actually watch the movie listen to the music get to look at longer form content which is literally like click watch so very low barrier of entry and then for businesses it could be experience the service experience the product and experience the community and all of that applies by the the course yeah yes exactly Mm -hmm. but it's more of like not just like buying and consuming products, it's the experience of that, right? Like die hard Harry Potter fans are like die hard Harry Potter fans, despite the whole JK Rowling issue, et cetera. Like it was a fan it's a fandom, true and true, to where like there I just saw trending on TikTok a Lady who completely made a Harry Potter themed realistic birthday party. Like everyone, she made custom made wands for her kids and her kids, like attendees. She made an owl, like a legit life size owl (laughs) out of a cake. I I mean, she's prep, she works in that background as a props artist. I think that's her background. But I was just like, that level of fandom exists in a movie that has been out for over 20 plus years like it was out when i was in fourth grade but it has managed to create this legacy and because and people, the books
0: several years before yeah, that
1: exactly and the people the reason why brands like that are so powerful is not because of just the experience of the book or of the movie it's the friendships people have building because they watched it together yep that's what makes it so powerful is that common interest in the fandom. Yep. And that's when we talk about like community of like what's a good community versus not a good community is when a community is powerful when the host has empowered the attendees of their community members to interact with each other. That's the, the measurement of success
0: when a host has empowered the community to self-interaction.
1: Exactly. Yes, it's not a me show. It's a how do we interact with each other and build something. That's a true power host. Like think of your favorite party. Like if you go to any parties, I mean, we're both introverts, so it's not (laughs) really easy for us to go to parties, but like think of like a party that you went to. Where you left feeling very energetically invigorated, like you were mm-hmm. excited, right? Like you had solid interactions out of there, and it wasn't like you probably went to the party because the host invited you, and you're like, yeah. okay, I know this person, but then you left making friends, right? Right? That's what going into a community feels like. Is I get invited to a party it
0: should feel
1: like should feel like in theory, yes in theory, should feel like, right? There's a lot of that. And so it's like, how do you create and garner that? Like as brands and developers of brands, we play the multiple hats. We are the event host and the host of the party as much as the like talking head dictating that space. Like we are creating the lifeblood content that is discussed as much as creating the experience for the content
0: in the content real time yeah
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm yep yeah like that's the so that's like the western f- sphere of what is evolving and i think if you're listening to this if you're a viewer following lucas for a long time you probably already got the memo that success is not based on materialistic gains but based on legacy and impact but if you're watching this for the first time let's really reiterate this is that what is counts as a loving and fulfilling and successful life is not how much money you have in the bank or power or market share it's Mm -hmm. about what is the trust and lasting impact that you're creating in the world right and that's like and that is a concept that's been around for thousands of years before money was a thing right because that's how people were comfortable with trading in the beginning of civilization right like money like coins didn't exist currency didn't exist for a long time in evolution so which is trust Right, and we're slowly like to your point earlier of like, we have everything so easily accessible where there's a saturation. So mm-hmm. now it's like basic survival access things no longer matter. It's about what we truly care about.
0: Beef comes from the supermarket. Yes. <laughs> now, me personally, I've taken that concept and turned it on its head. I personally have a direct relationship with the farmer that raises the cows that I eat. So much so that I actually go meet the cows a couple of times a year, sometimes as often as once a month. Because I consider that to be an important part of me feeding into, unintended, feeding into the supply chain that feeds me.
1: Yeah. But if you think about that, like that's a for normal humans and i say this because you and i are probably fall from the category of being naturally entrepreneurs we get labeled as superhumans just because we've naturally done things not normal of the past but like if we're talking about this it's like I don't want that concept to just be considered like, oh, it's a superhuman act, it's an outlier act. And I was like, anybody can do it. And I could hear like, if someone heard you say that, they're like, that's great, but I have to do that for all of the companies that I interact with, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I was like, right, no, I was like, don't. well, you don't. It's the same thing of like, when we talk about social justice for companies and brands, right? Like so many people are like, you have companies need to be more socially aware and they have a voice, they need Uh to say something. And I was like, okay, well, just like how we don't expect average, any human in general to like do everything all at once because there's just no capacity or bandwidth to that. Why are we expecting these companies to do the same? And it's all about progress at the end of the day. So it's that question of like, instead of spreading ourselves thin and only like hitting bare surface, what if they focus on the things that we actually care about? So like. In Lucas's case, he cared about like how he's feeding himself and in turn feeding the environment. That's something that you're nerdy and passionate about. And what is something that like for a listener, what is something that you're passionate about? Like I'm super passionate about plastic and recycling and things like that. And cuz I live in Texas and I am very lucky that I live in Austin where we have good recycling systems and ser- certain areas have composting. And then he- I go out to East Texas and there's no recycling. And I'm like just crying inside. And I come out of like, I lived in multiple different countries, both in Europe and Asia and here. And I would lived in Korea and Japan where it's like 12 styles of recycling, like ultimate use of like, they import trash from other countries because they don't have enough to feel the way that their systems are done. And then I come here and I'm like, why is it so hard to figure out what I can or cannot recycle? So we like, so one of the things that I did was like, okay, if I can't consciously be confident in how things are being recycled in the system out there, I can at least control my purchasing style. So if I historically use a ton of paper towels, mm-hmm. I switch to towels and then my trash like decreased and I'm going to go a little bit more feminine. I switched into using a period cup, menstrual cups. Mm-hmm. versus traditional tampons, which for any woman out there who is questioning on it, you save hundreds of dollars. I have saved at least probably close to $1,000 now in the last five years of adoption that I've switched over. And you never have that moment of shoot, I have to go to the store to buy tampons. Like as a female, That's awesome. And that stuff is not recyclable in any single way. It goes straight into the landfill. You are screwed at that point. So it's like these little points. But it's like it's something that I'm genuinely interested in. And I think for every human being who's trying to adapt or evolve and change for the better of humanity, it's about start with your interests and then branch out. Because even if you start there, it's better. Exactly. Exactly. And just being aware, I think the biggest thing that came out of that earlier conversation of beef from the supermarket is like, to your point, they're just not aware of the inter- canality, inter- intricacies of it. I think people are starting to slowly be aware of the intricacies, like the supply chain, like everybody's like, everything is more expensive. And I was like, welcome to trade wars, <laughs> fueled by gas, <laughs> which then makes, uh, and then I was like, let's actually question how inefficient our distribution systems could be
0: mm-hmm. right
1: like we get avocados from mexico and then we get this from like another state 20,000 miles away and i'm like eat locally eat seasonally it like it is very that cool
0: go? that we have avocados from mexico available in our grocery store all the time it's really cool
1: yeah it's a lot it's insane oversaturation though like i have friends that i used to have a a lot of friends from japan because we were i had in my university we had a sister city in japan and i was part of their exchange system Mm -hmm. program and so i just remember distinctly one of my friends coming to the US for for the first time and we went into the bread aisle and there was like, you know, 30 different versions of bread. And she was just like, I've never seen this much. And she's coming out of Japan and that is like product marketing central. Mm -hmm. And she was even shocked. And then my nerdiness was like, okay, let me compare like the variations. Like even in Japan in like their most common form, they don't have the level of saturation as we do. They have yep. really genius product marketing, but like they only have like 10, maybe 20 versions of something. Whereas we have like 30 to 50 versions of something instead.
0: Yeah, go down the cereal aisle.
1: Oh God. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I have How many different ways diabetic are there? friendly corn cereal. Corn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I appreciate it, right? Like, I have diabetic-friendly cereal that's now available to me, although it costs, like, triple the price of my favorite thing. But, like, and then we question, why do we eat cereal? But that's a whole other kettle of fish. So it's we can go like, there yeah, if you want. No, that (laughs) that is like a lot of will blow if if people are interested in a part two of questioning why we have so much things that could be a second episode. If the viewers are interested, we can go down that route. But everything is interconnected. And I feel like people don't recognize the interconnectedness and they take it for granted. A lot of the things that happen
0: this amazing machine that gives me anything I want whenever I want right here at my doorstep and is on faceless.
1: steroids. Like look at Timu Xian. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ethical problems in association to why that is so cheap. But that aside, like that is like capitalism on steroids.
0: Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Uh, it is, but also like, the and it's faceless. Wow. I invite you to look at there's a um, if you ever get a chance you could look at the swoop documentary on Xi'an. Mm-hmm. i think i sent you the link for it but there's a reason why because you can always the reason why it's faceless points back to the intention of the owner
0: uh, yes that's part of it and it's a part we shouldn't ignore but another part of it is how do you make a pencil like The the paint for a pencil comes from Vietnam, and the Mm -hmm. graphite comes from um, Afghanistan, and the wood comes from South Africa. And um, all of that, plus the rubber, which comes from South America, all of that needs to be shipped to Taiwan, where they're all assembled into a pencil, and then they're shipped here. It's not even practical for it not to be faceless.
1: Yeah, because Because there's so many
0: moving parts, it is actually impractical for it to not be faceless.
1: Right. Well, there's also a difference of like there's like it, one single pencil coming from the Taiwan manufacturer then gets rebranded into 20 separate brands. Well, that too. There's also that point too, right? right? So there is like literally no tracking at all. But all of that is like classic industrial era thinking. Like, mm-hmm. The reason why it's faceless is because it was designed in the industrial era.
0: But whereas my like, beef now, is no longer faceless.
1: True. Not you me. get to talk to, yes, and I mean like my eggs are no longer faceless. Uh, we buy like the really fancy eggs because my husband went down the research realm of like omega three eggs, so we use uh-huh. a specific brand, and they literally in every box has a hint of the week, like as Peggy loves to run around in the sun, like full on descriptor, which from a marketer I was like I appreciate, but this is cringy. Yeah. <laughs> but it builds brand trust and loyalty, right? And so it's like, it's a difference of that. But it's also interesting to think about like how much trust it took to build that because yes, while it is faceless, it is massively powerful. Like think of the volume of materials that goes in the amount of dollars, that's a billion trillion dollar industry, at least.
0: Yeah, it's amazing in
1: in that space, yeah. Tell me about Blanchie. Right. Well, it's actually funny that we t- like it's a great segue into talking about Guanxi because
0: it's almost like we plant now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we eventually tangent our way back into the topic at hand. If you think about these, the weight of impact built in these business deals, Guanxi plays a huge amount of role. So, Guanxi is uh, in Chinese the concept of relationships and when you deal with collectivist countries like china and different places like relationships is the key it is about how you build trust like there is a saying in chinese culture you don't make a business deal with someone unless you eat dinner with them five times because Mm -hmm. you have to get to know about them and all the things and if you think about it in concept of like these deals that ended up where the manufacturers in taiwan that took at least 5 to 20 meals because that's a trillion dollar deal that is being decided over it can't be done in two sales calls people need to know them and trust them because it's shifting and building a whole industry infrastructure like think of the millions of lives affected by this not just as consumers but the employees which is the most important factor because we are humans we are consumers as much as we are employees and that is the factor so guanxi is huge in the sense that guanxi In English means relationship, and the reason how we got onto the subject of Guanxi is because we were talking about the meaning of humanity, and I was like, you know, English does not have a sufficient enough word to describe the meaning of connected humanity, quite like the way that you could hear it in like a four thousand year history language, Hmm. like. If we need an English, we go to Latin, <laughs> which is the historical marker, like to give the depth that is there. Yeah. And in Guanxi, it literally translates to like the threads that uniquely combine everything together. It is the social ties and threads. And it basically says everybody is uniquely connected. And it really came from, Konzu, which is going back to confucian and mm-hmm. i'm looking to the side so basically from confucianism it's like their a human being's identity comes from both who they are but also who they are in relationship to others now in confucianism it literally boiled it down to you are is the saying that you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with that saying is that's what it boils down to which applies in collectivist thinking because it's like the individual is not important in the collectivist world but it's a combination like individualism and collectivism there's not one is better than the other it's actually a combination of both it is what really it boils down to is what we talked about earlier which is how we as an individual is contributing to our society through the relationships that we are building with our friends, our family, our business, and everything in between. And that would be a more modern take on Guanxi today using both an individualistic lens and a collectivist lens. Like, if you use Guanxi, to recap in Cliff Notes, if you're looking at Guanxi from a collectivist standpoint and viewpoint, It is the you are the average of the five people around you. But if you take away an other ism formatting, which is collectivism versus individualism, and you just purely look at it from a human humanity perspective, it is about how an individual is contributing to the greater good overall at that point. So that is guanxi in a nutshell. And we've talked a little bit up to this point about how it shows up in the Western world, like all the way that you touch. A single decision of having a direct relationship with your beef provider, or deciding to purchase from a smaller good company is huge. Small businesses in the US is actually what drives the economy, not the trillion dollar businesses.
0: Yeah. Well- But Everybody um, only talks about
1: the trillion dollar businesses. (laughs)
0: Let's, let's pull in a different version of this and tie it together to something that we can collectively really anchor the idea with. So Joseph Goebbels was the brilliant, horrible psychologist and master marketer of the Nazi party.
1: In World War II, I'm here for it because I'm a World War War II nerd. Uh, Yeah. I, I,
0: I love this. But I love it for a reason that's not immediately obvious, although anybody who's a a veteran of mine already knows where this is going. What Goebbels said in German effectively was, if you tell a lie loud enough, often enough, it becomes the truth.
1: Mm, Inception.
0: Inception. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant, and he went and proved that this is indeed true. And what I took from that, me personally, what I've taken from that as an adult, as a child, I learned different things, right? But what I took from that as an adult is that we cannot step away from collectivism. We cannot divorce ourselves from those five people closest to us. There must be five people closest to us, and that's a part of our identity. And there's no version of me separate from those five people closest to us in isolation.
1: No, I think it's more of like, it's a combination, right? Like going back to my earlier saying, human beings are multivariance.
0: That's right. And
1: so you are equally in connection. Like if I asked you to describe yourself, like if, or if I describe myself, I'm like, I'm Roran, I'm an entrepreneur, which puts me into one community. I am my wife and which is to my nuclear family. I am a friend to some of my closest friends in that space. So like there are multiple things. I'm also a K-pop fan, which puts me, or specifically a Mamamoo fan, which puts me in a very specific fandom. And that space, right? Like There's also like all these different things that falls into it and that feeds into who we are. But all of that is tied to, that is just how our rainbow shows up out into the world. I always like to say every human being has a light inside of them. And then how it shows up tactically is the rainbow, which we do. Right. And so, like, think of Oprah. Oprah owns Oprah 50 things. Richard Branson owns Virgin 50 different th- things, right? Like they are equally themselves as much as a collective version yep, but, of all those things. But that the they
0: point own. is it's neither in isolation. So you can't be collectivist no isolated from individual, and you can't be individualist isolated from collective, it, it actually re- like our safe, together. healthy existence requires both of them in balance.
1: Right, exactly. So, and, and I take it to the next level of saying like, instead of saying that you need both it's just like, how about we just take those descriptors out of the t- equation yeah. and just saying at a human level, you need to be clear in how you're contributing into the world. And your intention and how you contribute to the world and on hear and listen from others in your evolution right like so again like you can't be like i'm all about Evolving myself, nobody's opinion matters because that's how World War II actually probably started if we really think about probably it, how it yeah, that's like if you really look at the mental health of the the Nazi party leaders, that is quite literally what happened and they're like, well they're in the collectivist they average themselves with other sociopaths. So it was literally an <laughs> oligarchy of sociopaths and psychopaths, which, which elevated into that. And I was like, yes and this is also why we say culture problems don't happen because of the culture and environment as a whole it happens because leadership needs therapy
0: because they're not ready to face the different things that happen in there right well george washington said anyone qualified to take the job would probably say no to it
1: accurate accurate like i said being an entrepreneur or leader is definitely not for the faint of heart it's yeah. not It is not being an entrepreneur is definitely not for the faint of heart. Every human being has the capability to be a leader in their own right. Doesn't mean you have to be a CEO. doesn't mean that you have to be an executive. You can actually be a leader in your own right, because the definition of a leader is someone who inspires others to own their own power, which is very different from managers. Yeah, that's a totally different. Managers manage people. Leaders inspire people.
0: So take the facelessness one step further. I don't think that managers manage people. I, I think managers manage tasks and there are people who complete those tasks.
1: Correct. Managers manage the end goal versus leaders observe progress in humans. And so leaders are design they nurture it leaders are goes back to that example of being a host of a community right it's they inspire innovation and it literally starts with realizing that they can't be the answer to everything Mm -hmm. that's like step number one (laughs) and uh, realizing that in human creativity and collaboration is where innovation thrives yeah that's like the big part of it. But that starts with trust, right? So like the big, if there's like one big cliff note that I would leave people with is that the definition of power and success in this world is the trust. Again, the guanxi that is built because it's all threads. You either literally are hanging by a thread or you have a very strong rope, iron chain link, something like think of like the gold strands. There's actually a concept of emotional strands, which is about energy use, which is a whole other kettle of fish. But people are built on connections of that thread. And that connection is equal, right? Like you hold one in and I hold another end. Yep. That should be the proper way of creating a relationship versus power dynamics. Yep. Yeah, no one should have a hook inside of you. And if you have a curiosity of what that means in power dynamics, I suggest people go watch the Colleen Ballinger. That's a clear example of threads and power dynamics. Yeah. In a very scary way because her audience are kids. Like people get all caught up in like, oh my God, she's like grooming them for sexual stuff. And I was like, it's about power. It's not about how she did it. How she did it absolutely horrible, but it's power. World War II, very deplorable ways, but it was all about power. Yep. If you hear the manifesto of Hitler, it's about power. His end goal and intention is power. And he just decided to choose the worst ways and he managed to do it.
0: Yes. And you should and read it.
1: Yes. You should. There's a reason why it exists. There's a reason why it's not banned.
0: Yeah.
1: People are like, "Why is this still available? It should be censored." That blah blah blah. And I was like, "If you actually go into a library and look at the manifesto, they actually have the manifesto and there're a lot of the published works are here's the Hitler Manifesto and then here are all the historical notes on the side so it mm-hmm. shows you the intention of the published work that's available of the Hitler Manifesto book is designed to be a historical lesson so we don't forget yeah. and that's the published work that's available now a lot of people are like oh it should be censored because we're afraid of neo-nazis and I'm like well those will be used in any way but for the greater public they need to know well, we otherwise are they won't realize it
0: Everywhere. That's why you and I are having a conversation about guanxi.
1: Yes, because I'm like, yeah, like, because it's like, again, like, if you are lonely, that means that you have not had a chance to invest in deep relationships. And if we point it back to the biggest lesson that we learned from the pandemic, which is there is a chance of not... Existing in 72 hours, because that's how deadly covid was, what would you regret? And most humans regret the time that they didn't spend with others. Yeah. They don't regret not making enough money, et cetera, et cetera. They regret not spending enough time with others. Even the most powerful people making the biggest amount of impact probably regret not spending enough time with others because they hustled and grinded their way into it. Yep.
0: So what's the opposite of louder and more frequent? So let's say somebody is saying something, even if it's not a lie, let's say somebody is effectively filling the air around you with the same message over and over again. How do you step into a version of truth that's different from that noise?
1: critical thinking i mean people Mm -mm. are i always say if people are willing to be a little bit more compassionate i'm gonna
0: tease you because the answer is (laughs) guanxi
1: oh like trust like the answer is guanxi
0: if you're surrounded by loud noise the path forward is for you to get tighter not inside yourself but inside your community bring in the closest relationships and work to maintain the version of reality that's important to you inside those close relationships. So you with your husband, you with me, you with the revolutionaries.
1: Right. That is, if we factor in the variable that that if that person who seeks this advice is actually hosting healthy relationships.
0: So we must.
1: Right. Most humans don't know how to foster healthy boundaries in relationships.
0: Well, that's why we're having... Yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: boundaries, again, so what I talked about, it's like equal... So to your point, I agree if someone is understanding of how to foster that emotional strand. So if we use that emotional strand analogy where you and I are equally hold- holding both ends, no one is mm-hmm. holding a hook into another, yeah. then it makes sense. So like if there's a lot of noise and you feel untethered, you look at yourself and you're equally holding your end and then building relationship with the other person that you're holding on. That makes sense. But if there's a power dynamic difference, if someone has bad boundaries and the stealthiest one is a family member that you grew up mm-hmm. with and then mm-hmm. they lost their privilege to be on your one inch by one inch advisory council, aka that close niche list, yeah, you have to make that decision to decide if you want them on that list or not it is a privilege for someone to be on that one inch by one inch list and if those of you are listening hearing that lingo for the first time it is coined by Brene Brown she literally says you have one inch by one inch list like that is a tiny little thing of paper there are only so many names that exist on that paper and no one has direct access into that not your parents not your husband or wife not your significant other not no one not even god or whatever you believe yeah I'm saying that I'm calling that not even religion because usually religion is dictated by a messenger and that is another human being that may or may not have privilege now how you perceive the actual written text is different but yes not everyone has privilege to that now yeah so to your point like to get out of the noise Being very intentionally clear of who you add into that is huge. And to my earlier point of critical thinking is always being open to new ideas. A.K. when I say critical thinking, it's like in the back of our brains, there's that filter of relevant information and not relevant information. People need to be able to know how to use that muscle properly. I like it. Mm -hmm. Boundaries
0: boundaries
1: everything starts with boundaries i mean that's what builds a very powerful relationship Guanxi is
0: boundaries first we don't do any business until we've had dinner five times like that's the first boundary
1: yeah that's it that's a filter it's a filter it's a boundary it's designed to test people and assess if we align in correct expectations because if we sit on a when we build a relationship, there's trust, and that trust is a privilege to be earned. Yeah. And it's more of like, I think back to legal days of like, if shit hits the fan, excuse me for my French, but if shit hits the fan, then can you trust that person is going to do what they say? Because adversity and challenges will always appear. Can you trust that person in good faith to do that? Yeah. Right. So, mm hmm. The same thing applies for interviews. I feel like people go through this very transactional experience of interviewing someone to work under them or work with them. Oh, and I'm interesting. like, yeah. Yeah. Like, think about it. It's very transactional. And I'm like, but what I've never thought this- about it this way. Yeah. Like, it's so like transactional in the recruiting world, but I'm like, if this is your business, babe, so like say you're a business owner and you're hiring like your first 20, your first 40, right? Like this was your baby and you are bring some aunties and uncles who are gonna be helping you nurture this baby. Are you gonna, like, do you trust them to do that? Right. That's why the interview process should be and, intentional.
0: And some of them you're gonna spend as much time with every day as you do with your spouse.
1: Exactly. So, like, can you actually handle them? And it's also, again, based on your mental health prowess, right? Because culture problems exist because leadership needs therapy, as the saying goes. And so, it's like, if you heard us say that and your instant reaction is, okay, well, I'm going to hire people that I vibe with and not hire people that I contradict with, then that is a reflection of your mental capacity for change.
0: Listen, I have a difference of opinion with my wife at least once a day.
1: My husband is my opposite, and he's so intentionally like sat, like, like confident in who he is. And half my life as I'm an anxious little bean. I sound very confident, and I come across very confident. But I grew up being a very highly vigilant anxiety survival bean, coming out of my background in depression, and that's why I come across as confident but he's just content and thriving and my goal in life is like how did you do that and then how do we replicate it for our future kids so they don't go down my route and go more real route (laughs) like how do I reduce the suffering for my future children (laughs) like that is my uh goal in life
0: yeah yeah I love
1: and that's we're different but we're also like at the same time that's kind of the beauty of
0: it And you have your difference of opinion. You have your disagreements, and like you work through it,
1: right? And all the time, (laughs) yes. And what gets created is way more powerful, yeah. At that point, too, yes. But that requires. And you had dinner
0: more than five times.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Definitely started with. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's saying it's okay to do that. Like I feel like we live in such an insane hustle and grind environment that there's this like rush. to form something, Mm. and I'm like, relationships and progress and change doesn't happen overnight. Rome doesn't get built overnight, like the creation of the pencil and the easy accessibility of the pencil is a hundred years, yeah, it's a hundred years years old and
0: it took decades to get there.
1: Exactly, Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and so, and I feel like people only think in like two year timeframes at most in the US. At at best. At best. (laughs) Whereas in Asian culture, it's like we think in 100 year impacts. We think 25 year goals, we think those. And it's not like we're tied to those longer impacts. We're, here's our general direction. That's basically like, here's the X marks the spot. And then it'll take us like 20,000 winding pathways to get there. Um, and that's okay. Right? Like, that's like the things that we're tied to is our short-term goals. And I even notice like companies who are like, these are our goals, but we're constantly in review. A lot of people also think like, create the goal and set to the goal and stay forever to the goal. And as a J admires Briggs, I 100% get that. And I also 100% get the anxiety that comes with not being able to hit that. Mm. And what I find really powerful in older countries and brands, like Toyota does this really well, is like they have a goal, they have a system, but they were always okay to say it stop and always okay to call pause to say stop, to adjust and tweak. Yep. And I think that's really powerful to learn from. And that's like, Guanxi is about like building relationships and they do it but it's like constant relationships right like Uh. the us is like one or two sales meetings done make the experience and never come back again and i'm like did you just waste money on getting that customer to come through like get them the value of a customer should actually be that the customer is making you money right like think about cost of acquisition and i'll like if people have been listening and they're like still not convinced on guanxi and the concept of guanxi let me put it in very tactical western marketing number terms guanxi and focusing on human-centered marketing or anything like that with that lens is the way to make your brand resilient and reduce your costs because there's cost of acquisition in getting a customer through the door so say for and example six hundred 600- and a vendor Oh, things. And so let's employee. say exactly all of the above, right? There's cost to all of that. So let's say, hypothetically, you have uh, $600 to get a customer through the door. If you do the typical hustle and grind two sales calls, never touch on them again, you just wasted $600 and you never got anything from it. Like if they it cost you 600 they spend a 1000 you make $400 profit. But if you never rebuild that continuous guanxi or relationship with them, or even think about it through that lens, You only get $400 from them. But if you focus on rebuilding that relationship, they come back again and again. So that builds and they bring a friend, Uh which is the free, most powerful and brand resilient form of marketing ever. And that's actually how businesses build. There's a reason why there are hole in the wall restaurants that do zero marketing.
0: Word of mouth. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Yep. My experience was so good that the next time I go, I can't go without sharing this with somebody. My wife, my best friend. I have to share it.
1: Exactly. And so that customer goes from a $400 profit to maybe each time you're making like $1,000 because you have now done that. And they bring a friend, which then gives you another thousand. So their value just goes from a $2,000. So that becomes an infinite amount. You shouldn't be spending more advertising dollars each year and year as you build your brand, like there should not be that. Otherwise you hit a plateau and you get diminishing returns. Yep. Yes.
0: And it happens at about $3,000 a month, by the way. Yes,
1: yeah, it is $3,000. I did $600 for easy math, but it is usually more than that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you um, for having me.
0: I like to close my interviews with three questions. The first is for the people who have been inspired by you, what's the one best way they can find?
1: You? They can find me on any social media platform or they can go to rxuconsulting.com and they can follow me on there, sign up for my newsletter, rxuconsulting.com. Yep. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. Second question. This is a curveball. What is the one question you wish I had asked?
1: Maybe what is the one step a human being can take to start activating guanxi? Because I feel like our conversation has been about explaining why guanxi matters, Mm. which Mm -hmm. honestly has been the thesis of the last three years is like, why does it matter to humanize humanity? But yes.
0: It's a fascinating conversation. Like, It never occurred to me that when I grew up, I'd be trying to tell people how to human better
1: yes because we take it for granted yeah. yeah yeah well it's like the beef in supermarket right never in a million years will we have to explain like yeah you should have a relationship with who you purchase from
0: and yet mm-hmm. so what is that one best way how do we get kicked off for those people who don't intentionally It goes similar to
1: yeah it goes to the starting part of our conversation is boundaries with people that you vibe with. I think the biggest thing when you're talking about building guanxi is like, are you clear on your boundaries and intentions of how you choose to build relationships?
0: I like it. Now, let's remind people that the first and most important boundary that we talked about was five dinners. So boundaries aren't just about stay away. They aren't just about don't cross this line. Boundaries are also about as I am bringing you in, this is the path that I'm going to bring you in on.
1: Yeah. If you want to get close to me,
0: if you want to take the next level with me, we're going to do five dinners.
1: Yeah, it's a friend quest. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be five dinners, but it's a friend quest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. There's a friend quest involved. And not everyone has to pass a friend quest is also my thing. Some people like there's again, there's only so many people that you can fit on that one inch by one inch list. <laughs> And people also ebb and fall off, depending on a person's mental health journey too. Yeah. Just because they got the privilege on five years ago doesn't mean they have the same privilege five years later. Okay.
0: Completely appropriate. Maybe there's like a time horizon to the five dinners. Like every two months one of your dinners has expired. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's just checking in with people, right? Like people go through deep self discoveries. Like I had a friend who's like I'm going through this deep self discovery, and she's like, okay, now what? How do I build this business? And I'm like, you literally did this for like your last iteration of your business. Go back to those same people and update them. You already got the trust built. Why are you trying to do cold calling? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any parting thoughts for us?
1: You are operating at your own unique pace if you watched all the way to the end you've heard Lucas and I talk about how his podcast has evolved perfectly to the perfect time for this conversation how my community is coming into fruition in the perfect time and perfect place those are each of our own unique paces and is not defined by society it's defined by what we're aligned to there's no right or wrong to that
0: what a lovely message yeah you're operating at your own unique pace we all do. And that's
1: what makes you yeah, and that's what makes you awesome.
0: Amazing. Roran, thank you. I appreciate Hi. you. Thank you for coming.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me and having a chance to nerd out about all the things. We've covered a lot of layers. <laughs>
0: We've covered a lot of layers. we we peeled several layers off that onion.
1: <laughs> yes. Humans are like onions and we peeled off quite a few layers. Yes.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.